This is episode 42, Finding the Magic of Childbirth. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, everyone. I'm going to start us out with a high five today. Like all my high fives, it probably won't be a high five to a lot of you, but (laughs) I've been trying to meal plan more. I'm very bad at it. And I'm also really bad at using recipes. You're not alone, my sister. <laughs> All of you out there who actually meal plan, like, for real, it's so impressive. But I'm, like, the type of at four-ish, I'm like, mm, what sounds good? Look at my cabinet and make something up. And if I find a recipe, I will just kind of skim the ingredients and then mix them together. Which <laughs> <laughs> the other day told me, she's like, I like to, I just look at the picture of the recipe. <laughs> And then I just make it. And I was like, you just look at the picture? I'm like, it's obviously not the same as what it would turn out to be, but it's pretty close. And also, just so you guys know, I mean, she's she's making it sound like she's actually like every food I've ever eaten that you make is incredible. So that you're winging it is uh, quite impressive. But isn't that the funniest thing? I just look at the picture and then go for it. <laughs> but there's a reason why Terlin always okay. makes the desserts at family gatherings, because I don't follow recipes, and that does not work with no. desserts. With baking, it doesn't work. Yep, you're right. It brings me dread, though, to see all the measurements. It's so precise. <laughs> <laughs> I have to actually get out my measuring yeah, cups for this. Exactly. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine making the desserts, and you make your delicious, creative, delicious things. Okay, so my back to my high five is that I've actually been <laughs> planning out what I'm going to make. Now, I don't actually make it all the time, <laughs> but I do the plan. And I would say I'm one or two days out of seven, I follow my plan. <laughs> so that's really good for me. <laughs> you know what? That's steps. It's better than I'm doing. And so. then those other meals, they're there. In my pantry, probably. So I'll make them one day when I remember, I guess. I have two friends who, and I'm not going to say their names just in case they don't want me to say their names. I'll ask them permission. But they are amazing meal planners. Plan like one to two weeks in advance and actually make the foods and sometimes even plan to use some of it for lunch the next day. It's impressive. It really is. So... Props to all you meal planners. Or even sometimes, they'll, won't they use, like, the ingredients from the one meal for the next night? Yes. Repurposing it? Yes. Impressive. I'm lucky enough to be part of this, these friends she's talking about. We have a little group, a text, group text <laughs> called Nom Nom. And I'm just inspired every single day and really don't contribute anything. But I'm grateful to be able to witness it. <laughs> witness the magic of the meal planning. <laughs> anyway, well... Well done, Felicia, on your two days of following the meal plan. And that's excellent. That's inspiring me. I might do it. I have a little chalkboard in my pantry for meal planning for the week, you know, that says, like, what we're having for so the kids can check in and see what it is. Great idea, right? 
I think it's been a year since I've written anything. It's like, you can look at it, and there's meals there, but I think it was from a year from ago. From your old house. So, yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway, so, yep, I could do better there. Mm-hmm. But I do, sometimes, I don't know, my taste buds, I feel I'm like every the day mood. they feel like something I different. Anyway, there, yeah, I can improve. <laughs> All right. Mine is a face palm, and that is that it has officially become too cold here. And so the top is on my Jeep. We oh. put it on. And Rip. it's RAP. Like <laughs> yes, yes, rest in peace. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> anyway, so that's my face palm and I'm kinda bummed, but it's fine. And I'm also grateful at the same time because it actually is legitimately freezing and it's now starting to rain and stuff. <laughs> and I, all the, you guys know I was driving in the rain, but now, I mean, it's cold. The summer rain is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm combined between kind of feeling sad that I'm not just feeling free like I'm flying all the time mm-hmm. and being like, oh, but I'm actually not having to wear ski coats every time <laughs> I get in my car. <laughs> like putting parkas on my kids. My like one umbrellas in the yeah. back. <laughs> We're going to pick up kindergarten. My two kids are in the back with an umbrella, like, <laughs> protecting themselves. I mean, so, yeah, there's benefits also to the top. But still, you know, I'm just mourning it a little bit. So. Oh, sad. Okay, so today we are going to talk about birth and share our birth stories. We've had a few listeners request this, and Terilyn and I are birth junkies. Oh, my heavens. We're freaks. <laughs> Nothing we say today is... Any solid medical advice, obviously we're not doctors or anything close to doctors, <laughs> but in another life, we would have both been midwives, I think. We're yes. both obsessed. <laughs> yes. We both have done so, so, so much reading and preparation mm-hmm. and kind of a lot of birthing between the both of us. Right. So. Seven we birthings. Have, yes. We have some experience. <laughs> so we <clears throat> first just wanted to talk about kind of why, like what got us interested in birth and kind of our general outlook on birth. So um, for me, what got me interested in birth was talking to Terlyn because she obviously had kids before me. <laughs> and before I had my first, I um, my, my mom all growing up was a little hippie-ish with when it comes to like more natural stuff and herbs and oils and blah, 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 which kind of goes hand in hand with some research into natural childbirth. So she didn't have um, natural births, but she did talk to me about it sometimes. And so I was like, had a little bit of a sparked interest, but honestly, going into my first pregnancy, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And by natural, do you mean unmedicated? Sorry. Your mom's? births my mom's births were not unmedicated okay but she was interested in unmedicated okay. and the idea of childbirth being natural got it that whole yeah yeah, yeah. that whole concept cool <clears throat> um and so when i was pre- so Terilyn and i were pregnant at the same time with her third baby and my first baby and so i just started talking to her kind of what does she like to do and um she turned me on to Hypno Babies, which is a program, and Hypno Birthing, which is a book. Different um, people, totally different programs, yeah. mm-hmm. but similar ideas mm-hmm. of birthing. Yeah. So um, I started looking into that and reading those books. And the thing that I think Terlyn and I both love about Hypno Birthing, but specifically the Hypno Babies 
program and we'll link all of this because it kind of gets confusing but is really it's not it's not I mean there is a little more focus on unmedicated um, birth but it's really the whole like premise of it is preparing your body and your mind and being knowledgeable about birth mm-hmm. so when I took my the hypno babies class I thought ooh, it would be cool, I would like to try to have an unmedicated birth, but I wasn't necessarily like, that's what I'm planning for, that's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. And the thing I love most about the Hypno Babies program is just the knowledge. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Terlin and I love the most about um, thinking about birth and preparing for birth is just learning all the things. And obviously, yes. we love to read, <laughs> <laughs> we love to prepare and research, and I think that's that's our whole theory on birth is yeah that the more you know the less fear you have Mm -hmm. so my introduction to this whole concept was uh growing up my mom i you know i she me and my mom have very similar body types and she had three you know she has three she had three live births and each one was super traumatic like really lots of trauma all for different reasons um and so growing up, I, I mean, I remember thinking there's no chance because we have similar body types. There's no chance I'm ever going to have a vaginal delivery mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And also just to be clear, I just want to make sure everybody knows this ahead of time. There is no better. I feel really strong about this. There is no mm-hmm. better way of getting babies into the world. There's mm-hmm. not like one way that I'm like, oh, this is the best. So mm-hmm. those of you who are listening, I think whether it's cesarean unmedicated, medicated, whatever the ways are, we have a lot of great options and they're all ways of getting babies into our lives. Mm-hmm. So they're all awesome. So as I say this, it was the, it wasn't that she had a cesareans that made it, made me afraid. It was the fact that they were really traumatic, like mm-hmm. lots of things going wrong, near death experiences mm-hmm. for both her and the baby. It was the trauma that I was really worried about. Mm-hmm. And so when I got pregnant with my first baby, I was the same as Felicia. I wasn't in my mind, I wasn't like, oh, I've got to have an unmedicated birth. It was just, I just want it to be a positive experience mm-hmm. no matter how it happens, whether it ends in cesarean or an epidural or not an epidural. I just mm-hmm. want it to be positive. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. So the only way I felt like I could do that was to help release some of the fear that I had about birth. Mm-hmm. And I read, the first book I ever read was, it's called Hypnobirthing by Marie Mongan. Um, her method sometimes is called the Mongan method. But so Felicia kind of mentioned this, but just to clarify, you have hypnobirthing is just the idea they're using self-hypnosis to make birthing comfortable. Mm-hmm. So you can use that in any program, any whatever. So it's kind of like, think of like a blanket word. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then the specific <clears throat> program that I used was called hypnobabies. And I love it because specifically they give you these little, it's a class you take. And I took it with my husband. Uh, and in fact, I actually made him take like little refreshers after for other, some of our other babies. And so he like jokes about it. He's like, I've like taken now, like I have like my, you know, honorary degree <laughs> in, in hypnobirthing. In birthing. <laughs> <laughs> but, and he's not even, I mean, he was just a really good sport about it. It's mm-hmm. like, it interested him mm-hmm. necessarily. But I'm so glad. Anyway, we're both so glad that he did it. So the thing I really like about this program, though, specifically, is they give you all these little, like, tracks. They give you all this information, and then they prepare you. And so if things don't go the way you're wanting, how do you 
how do you even address your emotions about it? And it's guys, it's all the things Felicia and I always talk about. Mm-hmm. It's about you prepare, you get your mindset where you can have the best mindset you can have. You do mm-hmm. everything you can to prepare. And then you eliminate all the fear you can going into it. I mean, they have this fear release track, guys. The seriously, so on my good. first baby, I used it on all my babies. But on my first, I would have these fears come up all the time. You moms out there, I'm sure you felt this with fear. Just, mm-hmm. I mean. Even in pregnancy. Yes. During mm-hmm. pregnancy, I mean, I wasn't even a fearful person growing up. And then I became a parent. And Ugh. now I'm like freaking out because what if what if they get run over by a car mm-hmm. what if i mean mm-hmm. you just as a parent i feel like we're introduced so to a lot fear. of fears mm-hmm. we didn't ever have to experience before and pregnancy is a super vulnerable time right there's so many things that if you start thinking about what could go wrong it's Ugh. like oh my heavens you know when mm-hmm. my babies are in me i'm like oh what if their spine just mm-hmm. doesn't grow you like mm-hmm. there's all these mm-hmm. things you know worries and i just put in my little fear release track and you actually bring up the fear you feel it you let it go away. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything we talked about, mm-hmm. but it's a, a person walking it through you in your ears, which mm-hmm. is so helpful to me. Yep. But um, when I went in to my first birth, I was like, I don't even know if my body could do this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have really narrow hips, and I thought, like, I don't even know if this is possible. Mm-hmm. And I went in, and then it, it went, it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. I had an epidural on my first, and it mm-hmm. was just this really lovely experience. And I felt as prepared as I could be. No, I knew what I wanted. I, I knew how to communicate ahead of time with my care provider. And I don't know. I just feel, I feel so, we hear so many women and things they tell us and just friends of mine who have shared things that sometimes they just go into birth and they just don't know what to expect. And so then it gets really scary if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't know what's going to be happening. And so, or if somebody tells you to do something that you don't feel comfortable with. But and they don't, don't know, know mm-hmm. then it just creates a lot of fear and sometimes and sometimes trauma. So mm-hmm. anyway, so the really, I guess the moral here is, I guess if we had one message to give about birth, because we're going to share our birth stories here coming up, but the like one message is, I think just knowledge is power and the more knowledge you can get, the less fear you have. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have fear, but just like everything Felicia and I ever talk about, you feel it and then you move through it, right? The only mm-hmm. way through it the only way out of it is through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if you just suppress the fear, it's not going to help. And there's nothing. I feel like birth is like this excellent uh, metaphor for life. Every it's But magnified. Just like mm-hmm. parenting is everything in life, but magnified. Pregnancy is everything. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, your taste buds are magnified. Everything's mm-hmm. magnified. Your body's like playing funny jokes on you. And mm-hmm. you may not smell normal. You know, like all the weird, you know, <laughs> everything's so just true. a little bit magnified. And all the things we always talk about, it comes down to those things. Being present letting emotions come and moving through them also being able to go with the flow when things don't go how you're expecting Mm -hmm. and to be able to move through it instead of fighting the resistance of but it shouldn't be like this i Mm -hmm. shouldn't be being brought into the or right now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because it's okay to feel the fear Mm -hmm. and you move through it anyways Mm -hmm. so anyway i just love i love the concept of birth because it's just everything we talk about but magnified and being present in it is the key if you are interested in unmedicated childbirth being present is like the whole thing of it because if you have the whole thing in your mind ignore it (laughs) it becomes a little overwhelming but if Mm -hmm. you're just there Mm -hmm. in it it's Mm -hmm. this i've never had anything like it where you're so present yeah i agree in your body Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i agree and yeah spoiler alert terlin and i both had epidurals on our first babies um and I want to emphasize also, too, that, yeah, I think 
my main thing with with birthing is the positive experience so and I think how you for me and I think for most people how to achieve that is to have the information be be prepared for whatever happens know what's going to happen to your body um during that time so you're not going in guessing and relying on other people to make all your decisions because then you do feel fear because you're out of control and so I I just want to emphasize that the knowledge is what took away my my fear is just knowing what's going to happen so I could prepare as much as I could and then let go of things weren't exactly the way I planned because mm-hmm. okay. spoiler alert births don't mm-hmm. always go exactly how we plan <laughs> or ever <laughs> or on any of them really yeah. I love it something about that though that I do love in the hip in hypno babies that program you actually I mean every single day I did it during my like sleepy time mm-hmm. I'd always fall asleep mm-hmm. during my nap or as they say go into a deep hypnotic state yeah. <laughs> but it felt like sleeping to me and I mean you're literally visualizing how your childbirth is going to go mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and it's first of all it's very pleasant because it's very relaxing and second of all though it makes so that of course because yeah you can't like make you can't it isn't a matter of like controlling and forcing something it's more you visualize it and then you're open mm-hmm. to what comes kind mm-hmm. of a thing but I actually love it because there are a few things that I had visualized over and over and over and when it actually happened it was like this cool like Yes. Connecting. Mm-hmm. This is, I, f- I felt this in my mind already mm-hmm. being dilated to an eight. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me of, I mean, what was the book we just read? We were talking about Michael Phelps and playing the tape in oh. his mind. Mm-hmm. He visualized before I go to bed and he visualized before it mm-hmm. goes up. It's kind of like tapping into the mm-hmm. concept of visualization, but for mm-hmm. childbirth, mm-hmm. you're like literally playing the tape. So when the time comes, you just put the tape in your mind and you're like, yes, here we go. go. And then you're open to what? And, but then you're also open mm-hmm. to whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay, we're going to take a break and then come back with our birth stories. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, everybody, so here comes the time. I don't know if you guys are excited about birth stories as I am, but I love people's birth stories. You don't want to hear about dilation and services and vaginas. Turn it off now. Yeah, this this one is not for you. And we know this doesn't apply to everybody, but we've got enough questions about it. it. Yeah. It's it's fun. And a lot of people 
whether you experience birth yourselves or you know somebody, I think it's really helpful to be educated about birth. Mm-hmm. And also mainly to just have a positive feeling about birth. Mm-hmm. And for those of you out there who have had really traumatic births, there is super awesome healing when it comes to, I mean, there's counselors for it. But also, if you go online, there's awesome, like you can just literally like type in, Carol Tuttle, for example, has a really amazing one. Um, you just type in birth trauma, self-healing, and like they'll actually walk you through a meditation to help you. Mm-hmm. You actually go through and you take the energy of that and you mm-hmm. you like kind of work through it. It's mm-hmm. really cool. So anyway. And I think sometimes in, oh, in society or whatever, I feel like as women, we feel, maybe sometimes feel like, whatever crazy like traumatic thing happens or maybe your birth wasn't even crazy but it was traumatic for you that that's like just everybody has that and birth is just like traumatic all the time and just get over it but it it can be really I mean like my mother-in-law for example traumatic and hang on for a long time and be really hard so Mm -hmm. so yeah I encourage like if you have anything like that like I felt some fear but after my first birth because of some things that happened that I will share and to to try to heal it and bring it up instead of just uh-huh. be like, oh, that was normal. Everybody just has that happen or whatever. Yes, you know, yeah. you can heal a past birth before your next mm-hmm. birth. And also I want to throw this out there that I think sometimes as women, we somehow think that our like ability to give birth has somehow has a reflection on our womanhood, like how mm-hmm. much of a woman we are. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, I just want to clarify here that, Birth can be, yes, this wonderful, amazing experience. And if it's if it's not or you experience something different, it has nothing to do with your right. worth and capability as a woman. So mm-hmm. nix that. And it's not and there's no also guilt with it. Mm-hmm. My mom talks about guilt sometimes. She's like, Well, I wish I would have known what you guys knew because her first birth, her other births were different experiences altogether, but her first, which was me, looking back, like knowing what we know now, I mean it, it was happen. totally like uh, her care provider mm-hmm. didn't do good things. Mm-hmm. And knowing what we know now, I think it would have helped so much. And she's like, I just wish I would have known. And it's like, but you didn't know. Mm-hmm. We do what we do when we know it. Mm-hmm. How has Maya Angelou says it. When we know better, we, we, we do our best better. or something. And when we know better, we do better mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just want to say there's no guilt here. Like this isn't like a guilt thing. It's just a birth can be beautiful and positive and even when it's not what we're hoping, it can still be, there can still be healing and beauty in it. So, Mm -hmm. but there's no guilt or like, how much of a woman are you? Mm -hmm. You are a woman no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, um, the first one I'm going to share is my second baby. And the reason why I'm going to share her story is because it's just like, it's the most exciting story (laughs) of all of them. (laughs) And um, before I share it, though, I just want to clarify something about labor time. So uh, I just was with my sister when she was giving birth in Oregon. And her midwife said that they've now like, and I'm not saying this is a blanket statement for everybody, because I don't know. But she said that now they're defining labor as dilated to a six or on. Mm -hmm. And everybody takes a way different amount of time to get to that point. So a lot of a lot of you out there are probably like, well, I've been laboring for like three days but getting to that point of being dilated to a six before transition labor starts can take forever. So yep. I would say don't even worry about that taking – it can take a way yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. On all my babies, that was days. a different <laughs> amount of time. Some mm-hmm. were days. I have one sister-in-law who 
she stays at like dilated to a three for like three weeks. Uh-huh. So everybody's totally different. So mm-hmm. there's no judgment on how long it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with my second baby, though, I had had my first and had, had had an epidural and, you know, it had taken quite a bit of time to get her here and it was lovely. Epidurals, it, the epidural made it so relaxing for me. So going into my second baby, I didn't really have a preference. I kind of wanted to try unmedicated, but again, just wanted to be positive. And so I went into the doctor in the morning to my, to see my midwife and she checked me and she's like, you know, I think I was like a one and a half or something dilated. And she's like, well, if I were to guess, I'd guess in the next few days because I was at my due date. Mm-hmm. But she's like, you know, there's, there's no way to really know. <laughs> so I went home. I like visited my grandma, did all these things. In fact, I actually got pulled over for speeding and the cop let me off the hook because I was like I just found out that I'm gonna have a baby in the next couple days and I'm kind of distracted (laughs) anyway so maybe I shouldn't have shared that (laughs) but use that use that I'm using that but anyway I got some (laughs) mercy so anyway my my I'm just gonna call them contractions in hypno babies we call them something different but everybody knows what contractions Mm -hmm. are so I was having contractions but they weren't like anything special they were just kind of regular Mm -hmm. but they weren't like causing me a lot of discomfort and so I put my one, my two-year-old down for a nap and I called my husband was like, it may be happening today. I don't know. They're kind of regular. And when I went, to, I took a nap with my hypno baby's track in my ears. And when I woke up, I was like, oh baby, something's changed. What's happening? Mm. And they had just gotten more intense, but, and I had never felt them before because on my first, I'd gotten an epidural really before I got an epidural when I was at a four. So right. they never really got very intense. Mm-hmm. But it was like, so I call my husband again. I'm like, okay, um, I think it's definitely happening now. But I don't know when I'm going to want to go to the hospital. Because I want to stay at home as long as possible. Because it changes for me once I go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. When I'm at home, I feel like I can just focus on myself mm-hmm. and not focus on anybody yeah, else. Yeah, some other people. So I was like, it's happening sometime today. Um, so just prepare yourself. I always like to eat. <sighs> I don't know why. But on my first baby, she was on New Year's Eve when I was laboring. And we ate Costa Vida. Uh-huh. No, not Costa Vida. Bajo. Bajo. Yeah. Bajo. They have this really yummy caramelized onion quesadilla that I like, I'm obsessed with. So I'm like, bring home Bajo in like an hour or so. We'll eat it for dinner and then we'll just see where things go from there. Right. I'm laughing because I know this story. <laughs> and I call my sister in law who's going to come and watch uh-huh. my two year old, like, just be on call. It's probably sometime in the next 24 hours, probably going to happen. Well, something happened, <laughs> really happened in the next uh-huh. hour. And wow, things went from, oh, something's happening to something is happening. <laughs> like it was just, just the intensity really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. started kicking into gear. So I go up, I put a movie on for my two-year-old and I'm like on my hands and knees, like having to, at this point, I'm not walking through contractions anymore. I'm actually having to stop, focus, breathe during them. I put on a movie for her and you could, she's like, what are you doing? You know, like, why are you stopping halfway through just to like breathe? I go back downstairs. Jeff, my husband, walks in with my bahio. He sets it in front of me, and I just threw up all over <laughs> it. Like, I don't know why. I've never thrown up during labor before or after that moment. But, like, I, like, took a bite and just threw what? up. I don't know. I don't know why. So he's, like, you know, and it's so sad. He's, like, all hungry. He, like, gets it all out prepared. I throw up. He just takes all of our food and just throws it in the garbage. <laughs> he's, like, okay, well, I think I know what's hap- where we're we going from here. So, I mean, you know, we call my sister-in-law. She comes in. And at this point, it's like, okay, wow. Yep. yep. You guys, somehow the waiting for people to come take care of your other kids feels is like a long time yeah. when you're in labor. Yeah. Even though they're fast. Yeah. Mine, I mean, they were five minutes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we get in the car 
to go to the hospital. And guys, that drive was actually, I actually, this is my, it's so fun. This is my favorite part of the story because the drive was actually the most intense part of everything. Because before then, it was like, okay, things are getting intense. But then the drive itself, there was something about sitting still, like I couldn't walk around and stuff. And, you know, my, my husband's calling my parents and everybody to tell them, we're going to the hospital, but don't come yet because we don't know even what she's at. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my mind, again, I'm going to be like a four because that's mm-hmm. what I was the last time. Mm-hmm. I went on my first thinking, I've done all this preparation. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be a 10. And mm-hmm. I get in and I was a four and I was like, oh, okay, okay. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so this time in my mind, I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to be, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wait, everybody wait until we go in. We go into the hospital and she checks me and she says these words. I don't feel anything. And my husband looks at me and he's like, looks at the nurse and he's like, what do you mean you don't feel anything? Like, what does that even mean? You don't feel anything? Like, there's no baby? What? And she's like, oh, no, I just mean she's a 10. Oh, my And I, like, look at my husband. I'm like, yes, awesome. (laughs) Celebration. We made it. Like, that was great. Anyway, so we go in. And this is actually the part that I really want for everybody to hear who's considering an unmedicated birth. And I've had two unmedicated births. And for both, it was like this. And Felicia is like this, too. That transition labor the dilating from a six to a ten felt even with my preparation i know some people get to the point where they feel no discomfort Mm -hmm. for me i would still say there was definitely some intensity there but the dilating felt different than the pushing contractions Mm -hmm. so i go in my midwife i'm like so what do i do i'm a 10 what do i do and she's like well you just wait until your body tells you because with an epidural they just told me when i was supposed to Push. Like I got to a 10 and then we waited an hour for the resting and descending and then I pushed her out. But for this one, she's like, since you can feel it, you just tell me. You mm-hmm. tell me when your body tells you to push. And my body didn't tell me for a full hour after I got to the hospital. I was at a 10. Were you still having um, like descending contractions in that? No. There was a shift. Well, it, I think in my mind something shifted because I knew I was already at a 10. Mm-hmm. So I actually felt a lot more comfortable just knowing I have made it mm-hmm. here. They even offered me an epidural and I was like, well, no, if I've already done this yeah, far, I'm going for part. it. <laughs> and so th- once I got to the hospital, it was actually way easier because I knew in my mind I'm already here. And then the coolest part was feeling the contractions change from dilating contractions to the pushing out contractions. For mm-hmm. me, they were actually a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And... And it was just cool to feel the change. It was all of a sudden like my breathing changed during them on its own. Like I didn't even have to do it. Mm-hmm. It went from, oh, I had this weird position of like hanging on Jeff's neck because mm-hmm. it felt really good. And mm-hmm. my midwife would push this pressure point on the back of my hips that felt amazing. It was like during it, I could be like, oh, don't like That's keep right. doing that. That was so <laughs> good. And then all of a sudden it changed to like, oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I could feel it in like my throat, like mm-hmm. where I was like making a different kind of breathing. Mm-hmm. And... Then it was just like a few pushes and she came out and it was the best. It was like, mm-hmm. it was magical. It was totally magical. And just, I wasn't expecting it to go like that, but mm-hmm. it was so like, just full of like lovely surprises. The whole thing mm-hmm. was lovely surprises. Mm-hmm. Waking up, thinking it was happening. Mm-hmm. Even the throwing up on the bahio was all, you know. <laughs> all part of it. Part of it. But And she I was actually that. my biggest baby. She was eight pounds, six ounces. Mm-hmm. My biggest by far. And... Uh, that was actually my easiest birth. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I shared that also is to let you know that it's the size of her head d- wasn't affected by her chubbiness. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like her chubby cheeks didn't make a difference. Yeah. But I think she was my easiest. Sometimes I, I, I will say, not being a medic- medical professional, but I think a lot of times 
doctors can put that perception in people's minds that like, oh, your hips are narrow or this is a big baby. So like we we're probably gonna have to do a C-section and stuff like that. And I would just say, be aware of that and challenge that a little bit because I think it can create unnecessary fear where there wouldn't have been fear and and possibly in problems where there wouldn't be problems if you have that in your mind like oh you know my family's just big and we have big babies so I'm not gonna be able to have this baby mm-hmm. vaginally or whatever yeah but for my body size eight six baby is actually really big. I think our bodies kind of make the si- a size of baby we can handle for the most part. And I'm sure there are exceptions. But. Right. Yeah. But I was yeah. pleasantly surprised that I delivered an 8-6 mm-hmm. baby and it was my smoothest. Yeah. Totally. Delivery. Yep. Chubby Savannah. Oh, man. My babies are teensy. Um, that's the size my body can handle. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to share my third birth. Um, so, but I need to give a little preface to the other ones in order to make the third one more relevant story so my first um I similar to Terlin in that I went to the hospital and I was like I like I'm feeling like <laughs> so prepped and like yeah I'm doing this like these contractions got nothing on me it's so easy I go in they're like well you're four <laughs> and I was feeling so on top of the world mm-hmm. and not that getting to a four isn't a great achievement but for what was coming. <laughs> yes. When you think when, you're a when 10. you think you're a 10 and, and you're four, four it's deflating. So, <clears throat> um my first ended up being posterior. So, what that means is usually when like it, the baby's natural position to come out will be um facing down. No, I'm backwards, right? Yeah. Their face is down mm-hmm. looking at the ground and my first cone was born and he was actually bone, born posterior. Some babies turn in the canal, um, but he was born looking up and his eyes were open. It was kind of cool. Um, but so that can make for more intense labors. I don't know if that's true because I ended up, um, I got to the hospital, I was a four, and then my water broke pretty soon after that when I was in triage. And my, um, for me, my contractions change the instant my water breaks, yes. like from like, Eh, to like, oh my gosh, I might like die. <laughs> Do you think intense. the water breaking feeling is cool? Love it. Because I couldn't feel it on my first one because they broke it for me mm. when I had an epidural. Mm-hmm. But with with my second, it was it's really cool. It was maybe like five minutes before she was born, and mm-hmm. I could feel it, and it was so cool. It's I, like, so cool. Love that feeling. Yeah, yeah. So my water broke, and then it went from like zero to sixty, and um, I. I think I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't that prepared for that intensity. And so um, I ended up getting an epidural after that. And I'm I'm really glad I did. I think it really helped me just, like, relax and mm-hmm. help me dilate mm-hmm. having that, like, fear taken away and yes. just being like, oh. Yes. Because um, sometimes it is a lot easier to release and relax. Right. When you're not feeling, when you're, because clen- when you're clenching up, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. if you're clenching, then obviously it's hard to open. Mm-hmm. So I- Exactly. Yeah. So then with my second, I'm just going to share a little about each because they build up to the third one. So with my second, um, I had the perception of birth and like the timeline and everything of being about the same as my first um which was about I don't know from like first contraction until he was born was about 
seven-ish hours, you know, for that whole time. And so when I started having contractions with my second, I was just, eh, this could be a whole day. So I was, um, and I think more distracted by having another kid and we were putting our yard in and all of this stuff. And so, um, my mother-in-law was actually over and I'm having these contractions and she's like, should we be timing these? I'm like, eh, it's only been 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> then all of a sudden I felt that, um, shift in my contractions after about 30 or 45 minutes of having them. And, um, which is crazy fast. That's crazy. <laughs> this is why I'm not sharing this whole I'm not going to share this whole, whole birth story because I think it's like an anomaly of basically. It is fun though. It's, a it's fun so story. fun. It is so fun. Yeah. So I'll share a snip. But, um, so basically we called my husband in and I had the exact same experience as Terrilyn in the car on the way is when I was going through like the hardest transition mm-hmm. labor. And it was just a complete surrendering of like, I can't go anywhere. I can't walk. I can't getting up a drill if I want to. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm just surrendering to this. And it was like, seriously, an out of body experience, like driving, like my body is just doing this all. And I'm just here to witness it. Like, that's how I felt like it's just doing it. And we pulled up to the hospital and my husband's like, should I park the car? And I'm like, no, do not park the car. Leave it here. So we like left it running in the pool in space. We walk into the hospital. My water breaks right in the lobby and there's like this poor old lady like oh dear that's exactly what she said oh dear (laughs) let me she goes let me get you um a wheelchair (laughs) like that's not gonna help so i just like hurry and waddle to the elevator i'm like what floor do we go to (laughs) i'm like we gotta go now i could feel that he was gonna be born any second and literally takes me up to the room and i drop like on the floor in the room I like could barely make it to the room I like dropped to all fours and they I'm still like in normal clothes like I'm not like oh let me put on my birth gown and all this stuff I'm just in like yard clothes you know what I mean they have to like anyways felt that was weird but <laughs> so they like take they're like taking off my clothes because I'm not in a state to do this and they're like yeah yep he's coming out so literally they're like you need to get on the table and I you when you've had an unmedicated birth, you don't feel like you have much control of what position your body no, wants to be in. You almost can't choose it. Your body like you tells you what position yeah. you should be in. Yeah. yeah. And my body was like, all fours right here. I'm not moving. Like this baby is coming out. So they made me like clamber up onto the table and literally, so my doctor didn't make it. There was some random nurse in there. Apparently there was a doctor in there. I didn't even know that. I didn't know anyone who was in there. <laughs> No, no introductions. Like they barely were getting gloves on and I could like feel him coming out. So I like guided him out and was just like holding him on the table. I mean, it was like when we looked at the records, I think it was like between four and six minutes after we got to the hospital. That is crazy. So I showed that one. That's such it a funny story. It. It's no, so it's crazy. Good it's a good story. Yeah. And funny, frankly. Yeah. It's like the poor old lady at the front when I walked in. And I came to see her crawling into the hospital room, too. Like, I made it through the door. I should climb onto the bed as he's born. And I, I know, hope you, like, seriously. pretty much delivered him yourself, too. I really like just, a, like, pull him out. And yeah, it was it was like wild. Birth goddess just, like, bringing him out. I, I wish. It. it didn't. I'm sure. I wasn't looking very goddess-like. <laughs> my yard clothes. Um, so then, with my third... Um, 
I felt a little bit more, I guess it was like pressure to know, um, be more aware of like his timeline because I mean, again, my doctor didn't make it. Nobody in my family made it that I wanted to be there. And I was like, I'd like a little more time once I get to the hospital. I actually like the hospital, um, environment. I don't get like, I feel a little more pressure when I'm there to like move along in the birth process, but not, um, I'm not like scared or anything. Like I like that yeah. a little prep time yeah. to be there and get comfy yeah. and I like, totally okay, yeah. you know, I've always felt super supported in the hospital. And yeah. with, with that birth, she just told you guys about, she texted me. I was an hour away <laughs> giving a speech about human trafficking <laughs> and I'm like about to go to give the speech. She texts me. She's like, sometime in the next 24 hours. So. <laughs> then I get done with my speech and it's like, okay, come to the hospital. So I'm driving. And then like 10 minutes later, I get a picture of a baby. And I was like, oh my heavens. <laughs> really (laughs) oh my gosh everybody missed it I almost missed it (laughs) it was crazy so um with the third and um so my first was a little under two weeks early the second I feel like a little I thought that was a fluke and then he was like a little over two weeks and then with my third I started you know feeling contractions and stuff I have pretty consistent Braxton Hicks in the last four weeks Mm -hmm. Or maybe even more, maybe six. And so I was feeling that for a few days leading up. But I was like, this is so early. Like, it was like three weeks and some change early. And so I was kind of like, no, this isn't it. But also, I didn't want to have a baby in the car. So I was, I feel like I was kind of psyching myself out. And the night before he was born, I started having these contractions. They were three minutes apart, really consistently. And so my in-laws came over and I was like, let's just, there's not, in, like my, me and my husband going around the a walk around the block at like 2 a.m. And I'm like, I know I'm not in labor, but I don't want to repeat yes. of yes. like no one making it. And it was a little bit more stressful. And so we go into the hospital and they're like, yeah, you're having contractions. But I was like, not even dilated. Like, I think they're like, I'll give you a one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, which I felt good. Cause I'm like, ah, I know. But also it's, I was kind of like, oh, do I know? Like, yes, <laughs> know that feeling? Yes, I, like, I am I crazy? Yes. <laughs> and so, so then I go to bed the next day. I tell Parker, go to work. Like nothing's happening. I'm like, not even dilated at all. Like we're good. And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, so he decided to stay home, which luckily he had more, more forethought than me. And, um, around 10 AM I'm on a work call and I'm like, Parker looks over at me and I'm like on my call, like holding my phone, but I'm like leaning on the back of the couch and I'm like pointing at my belly, like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) this is a real one, you know, like something's happening. And so I'm like, all right, bye everybody. Gotta go. And (laughs) gotta go have a baby. (laughs) Gotta have a baby. Be right back. And so get up my work call. And then from there kind of similar in that my um contractions got intense pretty quickly after um that first one where I feel like it switched from like that pre-labor to more like the middle labor and then um we decided to go to the hospital I can't even remember what the time frame like about how long that was I don't even remember um but then we decided to go to the hospital and towards the end of being at home and then again in the car I was definitely feeling like 
not the same as linen like it wasn't in transition but this is more intense and so I was feeling like this is real like I was like okay this is real and we got to the hospital and they checked me and it was funny because a couple of the nurses were still on that were there when I had gone in at like two in the morning they're like you're back you know and so I was feeling like they're gonna check me and they're gonna say I'm a three yeah. like that's yeah. how I was feeling yeah. and they checked me and they're like you're an eight and I'm just like start bawling I'm like oh my gosh thank you like thank you for telling me that you did so much work thank you <laughs> but like I felt that such relief and Terlin mentioned the same thing once I would say for me it's like eight to a ten once I know that I feel like my mindset changes to I got this yeah I'm almost there. it's gonna be hard yeah still yeah but I've got this so um then I had way more intense um so I also I also feel a shift into like descending labor contractions uh-huh. so going from like your whole stomach's contracting to like pushing down labor um and I with sunny with my last they were the most intense where I was like in a squatting position like f- I could feel him moving like down through yeah. the canal which was freaky like it was yeah. like I don't remember feeling that on the other ones and those took um a lot longer than Lennon's did so Lennon's was like that little car ride but his after that I think you know it was like an hour of those kind of like pushing down contractions and then um and it was really nice our midwife just let us be more alone in the room and then towards the end when it got intense she came in and she felt and my water hadn't broken it was my water was like bulging and she she was like what do you feel because you can I mean, babies can be born, like, in the sack. Like, do you want to keep pushing like this, or do you feel like we should break it? And I felt like the water was preventing him from moving down. Okay. And so she just barely nicked it, and my water, she barely nicked it, but it it broke really easily. And then um, pretty soon after that, um, he he was crowning and then it was not very many pushes i mean i think once it was like okay these are the pushing pushes he came out pretty quickly and um it was the most it was my favorite birth because i felt like i was in control i was the most prepared yeah like the second was really like it was fun and it was nice i'm like looking back i'm like oh that was nice i was so short but i did feel a little out of control where sunny's i felt like totally in control um all the things that I wanted, like the things that I'm making up in my mind that are going to happen, most of them happened. Mm-hmm. And the people were in the room who you wanted to be there. Exactly. My doctor was there. Like I felt really supported. And yeah, it was so great. And he was tiny. He was 5'11. And he was, they think my due date was a little off, but he was somewhere around three weeks early. And, pretty early. and you birthed him in a sitting position, right? S- if I remember right. In, let's see. Because you were laboring I was in a squatting. Squat, and then I went. And you kind of went. More like a squat sitting. Yeah. But you were mm-hmm. a little more supportive. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't holding yourself up mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and then my second was like hands and knees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I love that story. <laughs> something um, about that that I, I love with that story and I, something I love, both both Felicia and I have used the same midwife as our care, our care provider. Something that I really like is that she allows, and again, you have to work with your care provider on this, but... Because obviously they're going to make the best call because you're a team, right? Mm-hmm. And of course your doctor or midwife wants what you want. They want it to be the best experience for you. But when they allow you to wait, whether you get an epidural or not, I love being really ready 
to push. So, like, I feel like on all my babies, I only pushed a few times mm-hmm. because the baby was so ready. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, again, that's that's only if everything's going Good. well. Mm-hmm. Everything's going well and it's healthy. But I really liked that because I it made all of our recoveries really mm-hmm. nice. And when you have an unmedicated birth, you can feel that, like, your body knows we don't need to like pre push a bunch. Yeah. Like your body yeah. will start to push when yeah. the baby's ready. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Something I also love that Felicia just said that I think is really good to remember, especially if you're having an unmedicated birth, is that your body kind of chooses its position and knowing <laughs> that there are options. Because on my, on my first unmedicated, which was my second birth, I was kind of like, kind of like squatting, but leaning kind of like seated position. Mm-hmm kind of hanging off the bed almost. Mm-hmm. But then on my fourth baby, which was my other unmedicated birth, it all fours was the only way that felt right. Mm-hmm. Like it, I tried to get in the position that I had before. Cause I'm like, Oh, I like this position. Like, yeah. I wanted to be able to see and it wasn't working. It was so funny. I was like, so I look at my midwife and I'm like, what do I do? What? I mean, <laughs> I know in my mind, the other options, but yeah, this is the one option I was wanting. Right. And she's like, what is your body telling you? And it was, it was all fours. Like all fours was the way he needed to be born. It's weird. But so the last, um, just the last part of the stories that we've talked about that I'm going to share is it was my third baby. So I've had two epidural, two babies with epidurals and two babies that were unmedicated. And again, to clarify, I love them all. Mm -hmm. I love the feeling, the inside of my body on unmedicated. You're so present. You're so focused. I feel really strong Mm -hmm. in that moment but I also don't like sit back and like enjoy their head coming out as much it's more like I'm experiencing it which I love Mm -hmm. with epidurals I felt like my mind can be more focused on just like watching them come down Mm because I'm so much more relaxed I don't Mm -hmm. have to like really work so hard on what I'm focusing on inside so oh little note that's something if you are gonna do an epidural they, some hospitals will have mirrors that you can see. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really helpful when you have an epidural because you can't feel uh-huh. when they're coming yeah. out, you yeah. know? And my sister got, I swear they're getting like better epidurals. The hospital she was at, they allowed her to have an epidural where she could like almost feel it still, which was incredible. So cool. She could like totally control and feel. In fact, her midwife would actually say like, I want you to feel this next one. It was so cool. I was like, I wish I could have had that one. Anyway, um, but with my with my third my water broke actually 12 hours before, like it broke like in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. but my labor had not started. And so I actually, you know, I talked with my, with my midwife and I stayed at home until it actually started on its own. And, you know, she'd give me a time period and stuff. So I mm-hmm. knew when was healthy and things to come in, but I ended up waiting. It was probably, I don't know, many hours before my labor even started. So when I went in, I knew I wasn't as far along as I would have liked to be. Mm-hmm. And I also had group B strep. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to have antibiotics before you mm-hmm. give birth. And anyway, so the timing wasn't what I wanted it. So I'm just sharing this story to show it wasn't what I had pictured. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I had wanted going in. I was feeling like a lot of pressure because I'm like, my water has already broken. My body isn't quite going yet like Mm -hmm. I I was doing everything I knew to start things and it just wasn't going so I went into the hospital thinking I am just not as far along as I want to be and I think I was like a three or four when Mm -hmm. I got to the hospital and but then it was so it was cool because things progressed and when I was at a six I decided I want an epidural because I was like this is as intense as it was on my second and I'm only a six so I didn't know how much longer it was Mm going to be but I love it because this is an example of 
for me, the epidural helped me a ton because it was kind of intense. I got the epidural and that was just what my body needed to like totally relax. Mm-hmm. And guys within seriously, I get the epidural <laughs> a crazy. minute later, the mm-hmm. nurse comes in and she's like, um, can I check you? And I'm like, they just checked me. I'm a six. Like mm-hmm. I am, I mean, literally five minutes ago. And she's like, eh, from your little chart thing, it shows that the baby's probably descending. So she checks and she's like, he's coming. Oh my God. <laughs> so it was like, everybody round him up, bring him in. You know, it wasn't like crazy rush. Yeah. It was, you know, within five minutes. Yeah. Everybody was there. And I honestly did like a little baby, little baby push. And he was out. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so surreal. Just like, I could see his little head and he was my first blonde baby. So we had like, oh, and he had blonde cute blonde curls, curls when he mm-hmm. came out. And I mean, it was just like, so surreal. I was thinking we were hours away and he was just there. So that's an example of the reason why I share that is to show sometimes the timing isn't what we want. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, the epidural really helped me just totally open up. And Mm -hmm. I asked my midwife after, I was like, what happened? And she's like, you were probably just kind of tightening. You thought there was going to be a long time left. So in your mind, you were thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this for much longer. Mm -hmm. But then I got the epidural and just Mm -hmm. opened opened right, right up, up. <laughs> you know <I'm> ready. <laughs> that is exactly what happened with cohen yeah. like from like six ish to ready to push and yeah minutes after that epidural yeah so and that also i think it's good to share knowing that sometimes it feels like it takes you a long time to get to that point but right you never know how those last few centimeters those Time, time is like a very fluid warp. time warp. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. just because it's taking you a long time to get to that point doesn't mean it's going to take you a long time necessarily mm-hmm. to get to the, the rest of it. So Yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for humoring us on the birth stories and for your questions on them. Um, we will be back next week with more on our um, learning series. And thank you for everyone who has left a review if you guys um, do that, leave us reviews or ratings. It really helps people find us. So, all right, let's find the magic. <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>